Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday night. Raw was just on. That means it's time for the best part of Monday. It's the Wrestling Inc. Raw After Show. I am joined, as always, by Justin Labar, Raj Geary. <laughs> Fellas, we had a big, big week of stuff going on. Um, but before we get into all that, while everyone's settling in and finding their seats, a lot of news happened this week. A lot of stuff happened. I want to start. Just jumping right in, Macho Man had a documentary on. Did you guys get a chance to watch it? And what did you think? Um, I did. You know, I've I've been liking these A and E biographies and and the Dark Side of the Ring. I've been liking it better than a lot of the wrestling I've been seeing lately. Um, this one, I thought it just felt uh, a little heavy handed. Um, you know, they're really going into. They spent a lot of time on. You know him doing drugs, which they didn't spend that same amount of time on. You know some of the other wrestlers profiled on that, or any uh, things, uh, relationship problems. You know with uh, the other guys profiled, or you know whatever. Uh, and I was fine with that, but with with Savage, that the the fact that they focused so much time on it, um, it just felt uh, I don't know. It just didn't feel the same as the other the other two so far, and I'm sure the rest won't be that way either. Yeah, the first two seemed pretty gentle overall, uh, whereas uh, this one, from everything I'm reading, sounds like it was a bit tougher. And it stands out a bit because Macho Man obviously had a, a history uh, when he left WWE. Justin, did you get a chance to see the, sh the show? I did, and I wanted to hear Raj's thoughts first because I know I think Raj has noted that Macho Man's like his favorite, so I really wanted to, to hear. And but I, I agree with him. You know, I enjoy I enjoy these documentaries. Uh, but yeah, you know, if you look at it, M Macho Man, who even though he's in the Hall of Fame, you know, uh, you know, he went in after he died. It still just feels like man, you know, those who win the Monday Night War or those who are, I hate to say, it, those who are standing alive last get to write history and tell the story. I don't know how I don't know what the line is between A and E producing this and how much Vince and Kevin died. Like I, I don't know what the the weight is, the scale. I don't know what it is, but you know, yeah, the the, the way they dwelled on some of the things in the final decade of, of Macho Man's life and career, you know, they 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 only started to use the word steroids once he was trying to hang on in WCW. Right. Never to mention that he might have ever done anything like that in his days in WWE right. when he's on the top of the card. Right. Not that it, not that I even care because it was just kind of par for the course and it just, it, you know, it is what it is. It's t times changed, but yeah, it, it really felt like, uh, did, did not decorate the macho man legacy the way I thought it was going to when I went into this. Yeah. You know, and to that point, Justin, they, they did like 10 minutes on how much he used to love to do ecstasy towards, you know, the end of his WCW days with, uh, with gorgeous George and ecstasy and ecstasy. And I, I know back in the late nineties, uh, you know, I was out of college and everyone was doing ecstasy. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not you know, supporting. Well, you were going on Monday. You were going on Monday nitro in a bright red. I I'm glad that she was able. <laughs> I'm glad that gorgeous George was able to pinpoint the exact nitro. It was, that was a, uh... yeah, right. look, I'm not defending ecstasy at all, but what I'm saying is there are a lot of, 80s WWF promos where these guys are clearly coked out of their gourd. Um, but you're not, you're, to that yeah. point, Justin, they're not talking about the drugs that they were doing in the 80s uh, and the drug culture in the 80s and, uh, you know, all the, all the huge, the guys that were huge uh, and savage, you know, clearly felt like he needed to, uh, you know, increase his size because of that. So, 
here was something weird to it as well. Like, I, I first off, uh, I mean, I, I've, I've, I was glad I got uh, Gorgeous George on there. I mean, she isn't hard to find. I've, I've, I've actually got to be on different uh, things with her over the years. I mean, so she's easy to find. Lex Luger, I think he's actually employed by WWE. While Lex's comments were sometimes like a little cringeworthy, it, you know, it was appropriate to have him interviewed. Bubba the freaking love sponge. Oh my god! What, and all the more awkward when you'd go from. A soundbite of him and then to Hogan, and I just, I'm, I'm just sitting there going, like, I, obviously I know that he and Hogan at one point, you know, they, they even noted that he and Hogan are on the morning show every morning making fun of Macho Man, but, like, it j- just given what sense happened with Bubba and Hogan and the, 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 the video, like, I was like, this is just uncomfortable. <laughs> right, and why are they bringing on a, 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 you know, a radio DJ who was not friends with Savage, who had no relationship with Savage other than ripping him after, you know, he was done with wrestling. Bubba's purpose apparently was to be the temperature of Tampa to tell us Tampa's <laughs> known for strip clubs and cocaine and Savage and Hogan. <laughs> Something to that effect. Yeah. I, I guess one of the disappointing things to hear about all this, too, is there's so much positive with Macho Man. I mean, he's he's got to be one of the top all-time wrestlers. I think most people would agree that he's at least up there in the conversation. Raj, he's your favorite. I didn't know he was your favorite, though. That's always cool to hear. Oh, yeah. My favorite of all time. Um, yeah, since I was a kid. You know, I, I was watching WrestleMania V. I, Hulk, Hulk Hogan got me into wrestling. Like, I was a Hulkamaniac to start out. So watching WrestleMania V, and, and during the match, I realized I'm, like, pulling for Macho Man. You know, against Hogan. By the end, I'm just full for Macho Man. I just realized, like, I'd been convincing myself that I wanted Hogan to win, and then I realized I really wanted Macho, and I just realized that he was my guy, and he'd been pretty much until like '96, and when he came back and he got all huge and everything in WCW, he he just wasn't the same for me. But uh, yeah, from '80 '87 to that point, he was he's my favorite of all time. You never see someone and be like. That guy reminds me of Macho Man Randy Savage. He was just so unique. Give him a break. He was a 48-year-old who was banging a 22-year-old stripper named Gorgeous George, and he was doing ecstasy on Nitro. Like, just give him a break, <laughs> all right? Yeah, that I'm sounds not, like I'm not criticizing it. I've been doing be honest, this for that... you for 20 years, Rush. Let the man have a little fun. Right. Hey, I was, was going to say, it. when you put it like that, it sounds like a success story. <laughs> <laughs> and then the super – how about the super fan slash comedian who – I know what he was trying to go Dan for. Dan but he's trying to basically describe Macho Man dying by going head on into a Jeep as like that's a high spot that the Macho Man would die on. Like I was like, yeah. we can't get the, there's no amount of words going to get the sound bite to sound as crisp as you want it here. And that guy, I mean, I don't know if you've ever heard his Macho Man impression. I, I, w- I was assuming that's why you had they had him on. Uh, Dan Soder, if you go on YouTube, look it up. He is just it's ridiculous how great he is at, at his impression. And then, I mean, he, he did little ones here and there, but they didn't have him do a, a big one, which is why I would think that's why you even had him on. So, Raj, I don't know. Do you do a Macho Man impression? You got to have one. Oh, yeah. I got my Macho Man Randy Savage impression, Jack Farmer. <laughs> Snap into a Slim Jim. I love it. Yes. So, uh, speaking of uh, favorites. There's a lot of buzz going around about a lot of people's favorite. Kenny Omega got challenged this week by Andrade for the AAA title. This has been having people chatting all over the place. Uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. Raj, first, is this a, a big deal? I know we've kind of you know poo-pooed on the Impact AEW partnership, but AAA Andrade versus Kenny Omega AEW, is that big bucks? And, and real with Impact and, and AEW, not so much from the Impact side, because we, we were saying how they had 
everything to gain from it with pay-per-view buys and everything, but just from the AEW side. Um, it, with, a, a, you know, AAA, um, it's, yeah, I mean, this is a, that's a really big match. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty huge. Uh, you know, again, you know, it, this the belt collector gimmick that they're kind of doing with Omega, I'm assuming that, you know, Omega beats Andrade. Uh, I, I cannot see... Omega losing any of these belts until he loses the AEW belt first. Um, so, I mean, it's a cool visual, but you also are risking during a pandemic, your guy wrestling elsewhere, you know, it, it, with these other promotions that don't do the kind of testing that AEW does. They usually do like temperature checks and things like that. Maybe that's going to be changed, but up until this point, so you're, you're risking that you're risking them getting injured elsewhere, but, um, it's cool. I mean, you know, Andrade versus Kenny Omega would be a hell of a match. So, uh, the one thing that's weird is that AAA has this lawsuit with Lucha Underground right now, so they cannot promote this match in the U.S. So it's all going to have to be word of mouth. Interesting. That might. I feel like as wrestling fans, though, that almost makes it cooler because us wrestling fans, we love feeling like we know something that no one else knows. Uh, Justin, I feel like for Andrade, this is kind of all or nothing. He said he's the guy. He said he can do big things. I don't know a bigger opportunity than a match with Kenny Omega right now. Uh, do you think he's making the right move, jumping kind of like into the deep end right away? Well, it's a yeah, it's a great way to uh, make an impact. No pun intended. You're right. I mean, the the, the other the next biggest company in the states to the company just left is AEW and, and who's the world champion. So yeah. And, and to Roger's point, I was going to say, you know, this, this is a match I think that does big if, if it's done in Mexico, um, you know, Andrade is um, non-compete. I don't think, I don't think he can uh, actually, he no, have, he doesn't have the non-compete. That's right. Okay. But even still though, yeah, to that match, I mean, most of the other guys that just left their non-competes are until July, but yeah, I would wait until you, you know, it looks like by July, August, touring and pro wrestling might be a thing if we continue in the direction we're headed in luckily uh, at least in the states and so yeah i would wait until you can have fans that's again that's just that's just logical for for uh, you know a ton of reasons um but this will be if if, if, if it's if it's a, it's a if it is a success it will be a prime example of okay every year we see the the mass sweeps and layoffs that that wwe does and we see disgruntled people that are unhappy but hey where else are they going to go now that yeah. aew is in the situation they're in and you know, the, the, the forbidden door, if it's a big deal, if this Andrade versus Omega thing works, all of a sudden it now starts to say, okay, WWE lets these guys and girls go, but they do it at greater risk than they ever have in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think that's going to be a big match I'm excited for. A big match that happened, though, already was last week on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan had a shot at the title. He lost. That means he's gone. Now, if you're someone who checks out the WWE.com page, you'll notice Daniel Bryan has been moved to the alumni section already. What do you make of this, Justin? Uh, I am i don't think he's done. I don't think we've seen his last match under the WWE umbrella, but I wouldn't put it past that he, he probably, you know, his matches are probably really numbered. Uh, he's mm -hmm. very honest, and I believe him. You know, he wants to be a dad he doesn't want to be you know physically handicapped the way that some other guys can be if they worked a certain style too long you know he's barred from smackdown so what's that leave raw and nxt i don't see raw necessarily him i don't see raw using him he's been down that path i could honestly see him saying if i'm going to stay around i want he's always been one that spoke about fresh matchups and helping young talent i could very easily see him work 
uh, kind of like a almost like a part-time schedule in NXT, maybe just having a few, you know, four or five guys that he says at Triple H, I want to work with them. You know, I want to work at some takeovers. I want I want to work a few nights to help move the needle on your Tuesday night. Um, I don't know when that happens. If it's as immediate as you know this month, or if it's a uh, again wait until we're back to touring. But that's where I honestly could see him doing some of his next few matches is, is NXT. I'm a little torn here because as a selfish viewer of Raw, I would love to see Daniel Bryan come to Raw, but also as someone who likes to see fresh, exciting matchups also, I just look at that crop of NXT wrestlers and the amazing things he could do there. Uh, Raj, do you have any predictions about where Daniel Bryan winds up next? Yeah, so I mean, to, to Justin's point, he's, you know, WWE, they move people to the alumni section in storyline all the time. Roderick Strong's there right now. Um you know, Daniel Bryan, he did sign a three-year deal. It was, was it 2018? Yeah, it was yeah. a three-year deal in September of 2018. Yeah. Uh, so th- that would normally mean it's coming up this September. But WWE, they do tack on time if you get injured or miss time. Um, he did take paternity leave last year. He was out for a few months. Uh, I cannot see them tacking that time on. You know, that would just be... I don't know. I think that would just be dirty. Um, and that was a proof time off and everything. But he was injured uh, after the match with Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, and he was out a month. So it's, it's very possible because he did an interview. He said uh, his contract is not up in September. So it's very possible that that month he missed after WrestleMania, after the uh, the Kofi Kingston match, that that was tacked on. It's actually October now. Um, but... I'm kind of with you, Jack, because um, I feel like Raw could use more... <laughs> You know, yeah, new blood. I'm sure Daniel Bryan would much rather work with uh, young up and coming talent in NXT and help out there, but I think Rock could use him more. Um, yeah, but to, I also think we have to keep in mind what's the situation you're, you're with Daniel Bryan. Here's a guy who you know you don't want to leave him thirsting for more fresh matches, and then him go and be an Andrade situation where he wants to work if you want also the AEW or New Japan or wherever or Ring of Honor who you know seems like they're getting ready to have a little bit of a comeback story. You know, he's Brian's also married to Abella. They're forever going to be ambassadors and a part of the WWE family. Brian's father, stepfather-in-law is the head of talent relations again. So Brian is definitely one that you want to if he's winding down his in-ring career cater to him to make sure that he stays part of that WWE family forever because he is the kind of independent personality who would just go out and could be competing against you. And again, as we just talked about with Andrade a moment ago, that's that situation more than ever in the last 20 years is dangerous for WWE. He's kind of one of those names that's he's almost like a bigger deal outside of WWE, if that if that makes sense. Like yeah. you hear that this guy is free agent now. All of a sudden, that's a huge story. And, it, you know, when he's on WWE TV one week, it's cool. He's Daniel Bryan, whatever. But if he's somewhere else, it's a way bigger deal. So you if Brian Danielson returns, that's a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you guys on that. Uh, real quick before we start, Raw Jody Shauna Jenkins with the Canadian five dollars super chat saying, "Justin yeah. RK bro, this team has the it factor like Rock and Sock team. Hell no, etc. Is Orton the difference, or did Riddle need someone to offset his persona?" I think it's both. Yeah, I, I said I got Team Hell No vibes last week. I, I called my shot on the first week, and I'll, I'll endorse it some more when we get to that segment. I think it's a I think it's a mesh of both personalities. I think both Riddle and Orton at completely different stages of their career both could use this right now. Yeah, I agree. I, it's I, my I, favorite I, part of the show right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I thought <laughs> I would never say that for a Riddle segment. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, and then uh, <laughs> Craig, Newline. Craig Newline's asking, did Jack not get the baseball cap memo? Keep up the great work, guys. It's uh, 4.25 a.m. in the U.K. You are keeping me awake on the night shift team. Well, thanks for sticking along with us, Craig. No, I did not get the baseball cap memo, guys. I did. Jack, Jack I doesn't get those up memos. on the tie, though. He doesn't <laughs> get those memos because he has, Jack has the best head of hair of all of us. He doesn't get those memos. <laughs> uh, mine's, right. mine's all over the place. I've been yeah. trying to get it. Right. A haircut, and now with everything opening back up, the the the, guy, the lady I go to, she's just been so backed up, and I the days I got anyway, who cares? Raj, you don't have a lady, you have a team. Stop lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a good team too. Uh, and then Chris uh, Pantaleo says uh, WWE is a safer option for Brian to resign on limited. Resign, ba- I think he means resign, not resign. Yeah, big difference there. Uh, <laughs> Brian to resign on limited basis outside WWE style would probably be unsafe for him considering his past health issues um i feel like he's a lifer for wwe i just i can't imagine him going somewhere else but he said know, he's, you you know, there have been times where he said he wanted to um i i, I get i, I get I, negotiation I, vibes whenever he says that though i think he's just kind of like saying that so when it comes time to negotiate he has that but i don't think he's really gonna seem leave. like that kind of guy though he seems like uh pretty you know hard on his shoulder hard on his sleeve i mean uh kind of guy so i don't know i mean i i i could see i could see him being like ftr where it's not about the money but you know still wanting to do a few things um but i'm with you jack if i had to bet i would bet he stays with wwe yeah um so before we get into the uh the meat and potatoes of raw tonight i just wanted to thank everyone for joining us live here on the show and in the chat room we appreciate all you guys uh also want to appreciate and uh thank everyone listening to us on the podcast as well uh if you could do us a huge favor hit the like button subscribe leave a comment share it with your friends that's always appreciated now, guys, are we ready to chat about WWE Raw or what? I'm excited. This was a good episode. I like them all, though. Did you guys overall, just real quick, any, uh, any overall thoughts of the show before we dive into it? Uh, I mean, better than last week. I'll be honest. Overall, though, I am far more interested in the mid in some of the stuff going on in the mid-card than I am the top world title pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was one of the the better shows in, in, a, in a while. Um it felt like there was more going on and, and kind of to Justin's point, more in the mid card, more interesting stuff in the mid card. Orton and Riddle. I never thought I'd say this about a Riddle segment, but that stuff's been really good. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and they play perfectly off each other. And I think Orton is the perfect, uh, you know, the perfect odd couple guy. It, it's something I would have never thought about. Like as far as having someone team with someone else on the raw roster, who do we have, you know, who do we pair together? And Orton and Riddle is something I would have never yeah. thought of, but they got, they have great chemistry. Well, Raj, to that point, I think there's one super chat we missed uh, earlier on uh, right here. Oh, oh. oh uh, I missed that one. Nah, Salman. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've got yeah. a question for you about, about, about the Riddle promo here. Uh, hi, I got a question for Raj. Uh, what did you think of Riddle's promo today? Like you, I am not a big fan of his promos, but he cracked me up tonight. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> you know, when he was starting the thing with the Viking Raiders, he was back to old Riddle. But as soon as Orton came in, it and, and he needed that bit with the Viking Raiders to to contrast once Orton came in. So I, yeah. I dug it. So let's let's dive in here real quick. Uh, so we start the show backstage. They're flipping coins to see who's going to get a match with Lashley tonight. It's Braun. Uh, my big takeaway from this whole thing, this just this opening part here. 
is Bobby Lashley more dominant than Roman Reigns right now? Because right now he's kind of taken on all comers and the people who he's taken on are big, mean, burly dudes where on the other side over on SmackDown, Reigns is kind of trying to duck people, trying to play the political game here. Is right now Bobby Lashley the most dominant champion in WWE? Justin, I'll let you take it. Bobby Lashley's had more seems like he's had more challengers he's got more of a a, 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 a weave here but but, but no I, I Roman reigns is still eternally the, Roman reigns is still the best booked in my opinion uh, of the two right. champions yeah I mean that is interesting because Bobby Lashley wins all his matches clean for the most part whereas Roman needs Jey Uso for most of his matches um still when you think of the biggest star in the company you're thinking Roman reigns the most dominant still Roman reigns comes to mind but if you're right. really looking at how they book Lashley, I mean, they have been booking him special. I was worried that they had booked this tonight because on paper, it kind of makes sense with WWE how they do their booking for Braun to win since he's in the title match. And then next week, Lashley loses to Drew again. And, you know, so Lashley has lost to both challengers. I hope this doesn't mean that Braun is winning the title at Backlash. No. But uh, yeah. Lashley, yeah. Was, Lashley yeah. was the bigger surprise coming out of Mania. I thought for sure yeah. Lashley was going to drop his title and that Reigns would 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 also drop the title. Like I, I'm very surprised that it that it went the way that it did post post Mania. Yeah, I think uh, I think Lashley should hold the title forever. But let's go on to a just again moving on. Let's talk about some champions that showed up after some time off. I thought it was great to see AJ and Omos back. Somehow Omos looked even bigger than he's ever looked before. And uh, I actually, I'll be honest, Adnan on commentary reiterated how stacked the tag team division could be listing off some names. I thought that was a good spot on him. Uh, also, AJ acknowledged everyone asking where they were. He was out celebrating. I don't know why we didn't assume that's what they were doing. Uh, New Day come out, and they said that they agree they're not going to be throwing corny tomatoes anymore. They want to be serious about getting that 12th win, and that leads to a match. Uh, Justin, how'd you feel about this segment and the match itself? A segment was okay. Uh, the match good really good um just like their mania match just super detailed of how they put it together all built around one thing how to make this big tall guy look like the biggest threat in the world and you know it's only been two matches so i don't want to proclaim him hall of fame just yet but if you look at i mean he i mean he's legit i mean he is he's well over seven foot i mean he's i think he's probably legit seven two yeah um so you look at okay, what who else has ever been that? You know, big show, not quite, but obviously big, you know, wide, great Kali, you know, not, Giant, not Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez, yeah. And I mean, I'll just say that like just early on by the by the uh, uh, months of appearances and the way they protected him and just made him look like a dominant force standing in AJ's corner under the learning tree, and then his mania debut, and then this, he's off to probably one of the best starts I can ever recall from somebody who is this tall and he actually can move. He's mm-hmm. not like a Kali or Giant Gonzalez who can't who can't take two steps. This guy actually has some athleticism and moves on his feet. So if he can keep his wheels healthy, if he can avoid major knee injuries, if he can avoid just anything like that, there's a lot of potential in this guy. I'm 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 on the hook. I I, I was more glued watching his every movement than I was anybody else in any other match tonight because I didn't feel I felt like I can't look away and type something. I need to watch every motion he does. 
I agree. Now, I don't think he's ever going to have like five star matches or anything, but he's an attraction. I want to see him do stuff. I want to see him look massive in front of people. He reminded me of like when my nephews try to wrestle with me and I throw them around because they're still kids. Uh, Raj, this was a match. It, something I don't enjoy is repetitive matches. So for people keeping track at home, this is something Jack doesn't like repetitive stuff. But I kind of felt like this was important to have a match that we've already seen because they've been off TV for so long. We need to reestablish that this is who they are. Uh, did you like the, the setup, the match? Do you think it's a fair criticism to say it's repetitive or did you like that they had them out there together again? I didn't think this was repetitive because to your point, they needed to establish them as a team. It's a rematch from WrestleMania. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other stuff on the show that were repeated matches that they do on Raw over and over and over again. I didn't like the the segment that built to it, uh, the the back and forth with New Day and AJ and Omos. I thought that sucked. I thought it just dragged forever. Um, Omos needs work on the mic. Uh, he's, you know, this guy is being thrust in the fire. They have this, you know, multi million dollar developmental system, and Omos, and he was in there, but he never was on NXT TV, if I'm not mistaken. Other, you know, unless it was like a, a backstage segment. I, so, um. Yeah, so he he's just, you know, thrown out there into the fire. So, you know, he'll get better at that. But, you know, New Day, I think when you get your asses handed to you by someone like Omos, you should not be as cheery and funny, in my opinion, coming out. You should be a little more nervous and a little worried. Um, but, you know, again, that's me. I know it's a little against their gimmick. But, you know, this guy was a legit, legitimate dominant giant that destroyed him and to be coming back out and being funny about it just i, I think it just didn't ring home but uh, the, the, i liked the match I, I really thought um almost doesn't you know he's he's green but he doesn't look out of you know like out of place green um they're keeping him in they're keeping him in a certain lane yeah aj I, 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 have you guys watched that sean and diesel um documentary that's on the the network that they just put up not yet no so it reminds me a lot of that. And, and and they even do the same spot where, you know, Sean would get on Diesel's shoulders and, you know, come off. Uh, and, and they did that for their finish. And it just reminds me of that where he, almost is the big guy. He could sit back, watch AJ, one of the best wrestlers of our generation, pick up stuff from him and just learn from him. And I, I think this is great. I, I really like this match. Yeah, I, I love it. I love that. I love the people he's with. And I, you know, he's not the best on the mic, but when he talks, his voice is so deep. I feel like I don't hear it. I just feel it in my chest when he talks. Uh, Kelvin Alexander uh, in the chat at, says, Walter is the best book champion in pro wrestling today. Kelvin, as a NXT UK fan, I agree. That guy is amazing. Uh, I don't know who here watches NXT UK, but it's a good show if you have an hour of time to watch wrestling. Uh, Krana Shah says AJ as grand slam champ within five years is impressive. I was thinking that too. If you had told me he was going to be a grand slam champ when he debuted, I think there's no way that's, he's going to pull that off, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially since, you know, when he was booked to lose at his first WrestleMania, just a, a couple months coming in, um, it just seemed like they weren't sold on him and, Man, he has over-delivered. He's been great. And he's he's been great as a personality, too. You never saw really saw that in TNA. He was always kind of awkward, forced. And and now he's just, he uh, as a heel especially, he's just been great on the mic. Which is remember. so weird. Oh, 
No, go ahead, Justin. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say to add on, you know, yeah, he's not a WWE made guy, so of course we all go, oh, there's a there's a ceiling. I don't know if it's a story that AJ's told or who, but I know this has happened that somewhere, you know, one of the big matches AJ's had in his WWE career, he came through the curtain and and you know Vince gave him the the handshake and hug and said, I wish we would have signed you ten years ago. Oh, that's a cool story to hear. I haven't heard that. That is cool to hear, but. It's interesting. I was going to say about the mic stuff. It's so weird. Usually it's the other way around. Like they don't fit on the mic in WWE. And then when they leave WWE, they sound great on the microphone. But you're right, Raj. It's the opposite. It's, it seems so much more comfortable on there. But Right. And I don't know how well AJ would have done in WWE, the, you know, 10 years ago, just because he didn't have his look yet. Um, you know, he just kind of looked like a, a regular guy. Like, he, you know, people make fun of his haircut, but it does with the beard and everything. It does kind of just kind of stand out you have to have the right look and it's the whole package and i I feel like he discovered that most you know at the end of tna new japan when he was with new japan yeah 10 years ago he did look like still somewhat of a generic 205 live wrestler right yeah yeah Yeah. uh in the chat william thomas asks uh or says watch riddles evolve run great matches with keith lee and he bounced the stoner gimmick with an intense side as well also where matt morgan miss him (laughs) Matt Morgan is super busy. I mean, uh, he he just recently took on another job. He's just swamped. Um, you know, we always loved him on the show. He was awesome. Um, but, you know, if his schedule clears up down the road, he says he might look into podcasting again down the road. But he's, uh, yeah, uh, always wish him well. And uh, he was a, a big part of our, our success. Absolutely. So um, speaking of big parts of success, Eva Marie asks, does she have your attention now? It's an evolution. Uh, Justin, how do you feel about Eva Marie coming back? Love it. Love it. You know, I was a, a fan endorser, if you will, on her first run. Uh, I know that she doesn't put on five star matches. I know that she is everything that every pro wrestling fan hates. And as soon as I saw the segment, as soon as I saw the vignette, I was like, she's going to be the most trending, buzzworthy thing that's going to come out of tonight's Raw. And if you look at the WWE Twitter, it's been almost exactly to the minute now, three hours since that vignette aired. It's, it's where is that? It's, in, uh, it's over, well over you know, 150,000 at this point of views. I know that whenever they put the clip on YouTube, it'll probably be the at least in the top two of YouTube viewed clips from WWE's account, which I say all this stuff because we always want to say, oh, ratings are down and or, or ratings are an antiquated method of, you know, okay, so let's look at let's look at timelines. Let's look at more modern uh, platforms than YouTube and Twitter. So I'm, I'm, I'm into this. She, she, she looks like a star. She is a star. What WWE wanted Emmalina to be was, it was something they were going to have Eva do then, and now she's back. She'll do it. She'll do it far better, and she'll commit to it, and she'll believe in it because it will be an extension of her. I can't say enough excitement uh, for the heat that she will she will garner. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like her. I'm a fan of hers. Uh, Raj, do you like her coming back? I thought the intro was cool. It got my attention. But personally, I feel like WWE always does great at the Look Who's Here videos, but I always feel like the follow-through is where it gets a little iffy. This reminded me a lot of like Liv Morgan's re-debut a while back do you feel confident about this are you glad to see her back i mean i don't 
gosh, I'm trying to think of the last time WWE had some great vignettes and it paid off. Maybe, I guess, The Fiend with the Firefly Funhouse, it paid off for a while. Um, I, I liked, you know, the vignette. It was very Emelina-ish. It, uh, that's what it reminded me of. I agree with Justin. I, I got a kick out of Eva Marie when she was on SmackDown at the end. It was always avoiding wrestling. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty hilarious. I, I, I didn't know where they were going to go with it because, she, you know, she's... She wasn't, at least back in the day, that great in the ring. And I, I would always argue that she was a, she's a star. She doesn't need to be good in the ring. Put her in a role where she, she doesn't need to wrestle and have to have five-star matches or whatever. Um, but yeah, I agree. She's, she's a name. I think the timings... So I think she signed back in the fall. Like, we had been talking about it for a while. So, you know, it's not like they just signed her after they did the releases. But I think... I don't know, debuting her after they just released, uh, you know, s- some talent. I don't know. I don't know when you do it, but it just feels like maybe it's a little too soon. But I, well, never I, mind I think I'm, I'm curious what they do with her. Never mind those optics. It's more peculiar. Of, uh, again, she is just such a heat magnet. Oh, yeah. So she is not one where you want to have piped in sound. You want to have people... Who are ready to be there and make noise so i'm not suggesting they they draw these vignettes out until july or august and the again the um the hopeful return to touring but i'm kind of yeah to your point like okay why now why can't if they sign her in the fall and you've had her now for six months what's another three months just to wait All right do you think that the, the way the WWE looks at it is the people who are going to really hate her and give her that heat? Are they going to be the same people who ask the question, why is she debuting right after all of this? Is it? Do you think there might be almost an intentional like debuting her at this time? I don't think so, just because they got so much heat with the trash bag stuff. And, you know, so the people that would they would know. I just think it's, you know... Um, you know, I had heard that someone else is going to be returning soon, too, on SmackDown. Um, mm. I, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, I, you know, I, I just don't think they, they think about that kind of stuff, really, you know. That's fair. Um, well, something else that's fair, guys, uh, is... Oh, real quick. Uh, Nathaniel Cook at, says, uh, Johnny G versus Daniel Bryan takeover SummerSlam dream match. Also, Randy Savage versus HBK. Both matches are wrestling heaven. Thanks, guys. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see a Daniel Bryan. I, I have a, yeah. If you search on Wrestling Inc., my interview with Lanny Poffo, he said that one of the ideas that Savage pitched to Vince McMahon before he left WWF was to have a feud with Rand, uh, with Shawn Michaels. And unlike other guys where they would want to ultimately go over, Savage wanted to put Shawn Michaels over and make him the next star. I have no idea why they didn't do that, if you know if that is accurate. Um Especially since they, you know, had Roddy Piper wrestling Jerry Lawler that next summer, and they had Bob Backlund winning the WWF title. If you want the youth movement, you know, Bret Hart could have really used a top name to feud with. You know, he's feuding with Doinks and and, and guys like that when you know when he was champion. Uh, Savage versus Bret that could have gotten Bret over. Um, turning Luger heel against Bret, I thought was a missed opportunity. So I, yeah, I mean that. Savage versus Sean and doing that at a pay-per-view would have been amazing. And not to mention and not to oh. mention that right when right when Macho started getting transitioned into that announced role that he the document that he hated right around 93-94, you know, Sean was just coming out of having sensational Sherry with him. Sherry who was with right. Macho. I mean like yeah, there was just a lot of a lot of bridges you could have you could have crossed that, that yeah, missed opportunity. 
I was going to say it's fascinating when you think of the timing too that uh, later on Savage went on to basically make DDP uh, a big name in wrestling. So yeah, no, he he made DDP yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So and DDP, he'll yeah. be the first to tell you that. Yeah, so it's uh, I mean, there's probably some uh, some obviously some truth to what's being said there. I do want to give a quick shout out to Jax, uh, who says, "How do you feel about Eva returning?" Uh, but the other women talent released, proud for her, but slapping the face a little to those yes, obviously oh, we yes. just we just chatted about that but i wanted to give you a shout out jacks um, didn't have another one uh, yeah you answer <laughs> you answered my super chat before it was shown so here's monies anyways <laughs> cobra kai season four just finished filming the end toodles yes uh cobra kai uh love it can't wait for more of that and amy kimball says raj you think eva could be a good at the role that Zelina Vega was doing successfully with Andrade and tag team as usual Jack great job thank you Amy I appreciate that I think she could be for sure you know like Justin was saying she's a heat magnet I mean you you saw her when her appearances on Smackdown for that brief period when she was uh she was there she got a ton of heat the only problem you know you bring up Zelina Vega Zelina Vega was fantastic and they broke that up within like a couple of months so yeah that's my idea they break up acts that are working that never really get the chance to fully get there like the hurt business which we'll get into and um that's that that would be my concern and then they they just turn her into lana where she's just thrown into matches here and there and not really used well um so i i hope they have more of a plan for her but and what's interesting too with eva is uh the amount of social media buzz she has grabbed prior to tonight that she's been training with the the Brock Lesnar lookalike. <laughs> Parker. Parker. Yeah. 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 And he even tweeted tonight, you know, like t- touting her return. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm curious what that connection is. And again, I'm just thinking if you have this, this guy, you're like, he might be one of our, he might be somebody we got lined up that could be big for us down the line. I mean, what better way? Again, just like, just, just as Brock Lesnar was saddled with Paul Heyman, who can, who can do anything you want. You can manipulate an off uh, an, uh, an audience. If you got this heat magnet and a beautiful but just you know polarizing Eva Marie, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things there that are interesting to me creatively. To your point, I mean, how many people have been chatting about her in the chats now? How many questions are we getting? So clearly, there's something there. Uh, clearly, she's a strong addition to the roster. Speaking of strong, today's show is sponsored by our new sponsor, Strong VPN. So what's Strong VPN? You're asking. Strong VPN is a virtual private network. Hence. VPN in the name. VPNs help you safely browse the internet, whether you're watching a Twitch stream, gaming, or spending way too much time on social media. With Strong VPN, your connection is encrypted, and that's important because it means that no one else can spy on what you're doing. You can use Strong VPN on your computers, tablets, phones. You can even install it into your router to protect every device in your household. And the best news is Strong VPN uses the latest generation VPN technology called WireGuard, which means it doesn't slow down your connection like other VPNs. For listeners of the show, Strong VPN is offering an incredible 65% off, so just $3.50 for the first month. Or $27.99 for the year. Uh, every here's everything you're gonna get with Strong VPN. You get apps for iOS, Android, Mac, OS, Windows, and more, access to 950 VPN servers, none of which log your information. More than 59,000 anonymous IP addresses protecting your personal privacy. 
So go to strongvpn.com slash INC and claim your 65% savings. They have plans starting for just $3.50 a month or $27.99 a year. That's what I would do. Just get the year. It's easier. Get started with this limited time offer and save 65% off monthly and annual subscriptions. Visit strongvpn.com slash INC. Once again, that's strongvpn.com slash INC to save 65%. And if anyone out there has used VPNs, I mean, that's a great deal. $3.50 for your first month. I mean, that's always been one of the big things with VPN software is the, is the price. And, you know, I've worked, I've had to use VPN software forever, you know, for testing ads. Someone's in California saying they're seeing a pop-up or some some weird ad that shouldn't be appearing on the site. And it's, it's like, well, I got to, you know, see you know what what the site looks like in california so you know i've I've been using vpn software uh, for a long time and i switched to strong vpn and uh definitely try it out and uh yeah it's it's well worth it yeah vpns i mean they protect you from all that so you don't need to understand it if you're like me i don't understand it but i know well enough it protects me from all the other stuff out there trying to cause me harm it's a great service and as raj said 350 a month is ridiculously cheap so take advantage of it strongvpn.com slash inc get that savings um speaking of savings we had dana brooke for charlotte flair a match that i don't think is going to go down in history as uh one of the greatest of all time but dana brooke got to get in there with some time with the goat uh charlotte flair that's right i think she's the best of all time but charlotte flair gets the win as we expect sonia comes out and uh for some reason, she's given Charlotte Flair a lot of time here, but I don't know if they've ever explained exactly why that is. Uh, Raj, how are you uh, feeling about where this is all going with Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville? Um, I, I'm not really sure. You know, I would like to see Sonya Deville as the Raw GM or what have you and Adam Pierce's SmackDown because having Adam Pierce, if you have two separate shows, but then the same GM. I'd rather keep everything completely separate. So you have your separate GM there and your separate GM on SmackDown. Have Sonya Deville be the raw one and, you know, um, Adam Pierce on SmackDown. Unless this is building to Sonya Deville ring return, which, uh, which might be the case. You know, she had issues with the stalker that she had to deal with. Um, uh, and maybe she feels like she's ready to come back. No, I think you're on the right track, Raj. I think... Uh... They had a, there was a, several different segments between Pierce and Sonya backstage, where it always ended with Sonya with a little eyebrow raise, like she knew something he didn't, and you know he was saying, "Oh, I think we need to go to like the next power level. You're abusing power." And uh, I, I think we probably are going to come to something to where we're going to find out that, you know, whether they name the McMahons or they just say, you know, corporate or the boardroom. I think we're going to find out that Sonya has been empowered specifically with Raw. And she's going to go, yeah, actually, you've been working for me. And Adam, I think I can dismiss you. I don't need you. And I think he will kind of become the uh, the SmackDown you know, only authority figure. And she remains for Raw, which, you know, they, they try to do the same thing with Paige. Yeah, that was, you know, they've done it with Baron Corbin and they've done it other times. But um, I think the, the misses I had with those two particularly was it was right around or off of the McMahons all standing in the ring saying we're giving the show back to you and we're the ones right. who are in charge. You know, like it, like, it, you know, a reflection of what the real life situation is. And then, so when you try to like saddle retired or even active in Corbin's case, <laughs> wrestlers with the authority I don't buy, it. but Adam Pierce, he is somebody who works 
you know, behind the scenes, Sonya Deville, yeah, she might be retired or at least taken off time. But like with the McMahon's not around, I at least can try to buy in a little bit more. Uh, and I think that's actually probably where they're going to head uh, is, is keeping her in some kind of authority role for Raw exclusively. Something I noticed, and it might mean nothing, but just something I noticed is when they were on screen above Adam Pierce's name, it always said WWE official, but it did not say that above Sonya Deville's name. And I don't know if that's an intentional thing or if that's just a, hey, that's the graphic we had available. So that's what it is. Uh, also, I wonder if maybe she's just going to take over the women's division and maybe do something like that. Because she seems to always be involved in the women's matches uh, more so than the uh, than the men's. But again, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, but it's still very like what's going on here. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't know where this is going. Right now. <laughs> I mean... We see that yeah. all the time. Right. Uh, Jack says, I might miss the segment. Uh, me and Raj back and forth. Jay and Jay, Alexa, back to old character. Uh, what we have now or just being the dark evil mania version. Uh, uh, with Alexa, I think, yeah, absolutely. Back to the old character. What we have now and we'll get to it, I think is yeah. just God awful, horrible. And I think Alexa bliss is super talented and, um, she can offer way more, and I, th- I think she could, you know, uh, really spark up the Raw Women's Division even more. You know, you got Rhea Ripley yeah. and now Charlotte back, and then you had Alexa Bliss in that mix. I think, uh, and not, you know, um, nine-year-old scary swing set Alexa Bliss, but the, the old right. Alexa Bliss, and then I think he got something. Yeah, um, I agree. And then, uh, but uh, moving on, we had uh, Miz and Morrison coming out. And I like the Miz. Um, and I agree that people forget how much he's done. But it seems like he comes out and lists his accomplishments every single week now. <laughs> uh, and for me, again, for people keeping, a tra- keeping track at home, the repetitive stuff gets on my nerves. I feel like I've seen it too many times. This did seem to lead to a M- John Morrison getting a little upset, though. Uh they build the match with Damian Priest, who, again, I don't know why Damian Priest is still bugging these guys. It feels like they keep trying to move on, and he keeps following them because he has nothing else to do. I like everyone involved. I just feel like it doesn't make sense anymore. Um, Priest and Morrison have a, a match that's fun. It's solid uh, with Priest getting the win because Miz cost him the match. Uh, Justin, how are you feeling about where this is going? I'm actually okay with this. I was intrigued because I like whenever I see Priest and Morrison in the ring because I just I'm intrigued by the the, the styles that they have. Uh, Morrison's obviously just you know r- ridiculous with the things that he can do, but Priest for his size uh, can keep up with them. Uh, you know, I agree. It, it, it this certainly falls in the repetitive bucket that is Monday Night Raw, but. I do feel like I can see a grand scheme here. You know, pr- everything leading to Mania was Priest was there. He was looking good. He was getting a rub. But the whole point was Bad Bunny. We got, you know, we're going to make Bad Bunny, and ha- Bunny's going to have his big Mania moment. We're going to get all the, you know, all the all the Bad Bunny uh, attention. Now that Bad Bunny is, you know, gone for the time being, now it seems like they're working towards okay. Now we need to give Damian Priest a pay per view match where he gets the big win, he gets the victory. And yeah, you're right. I mean, the Miz, the Miz has been around. I mean, God, the Miz has been around for for coming up on 15 years, and he's done everything there is to do. Basically, he's a really good heel. He's got some mainstream crossover at this point. He's kind of like, um, you know, what some of, you know, he, you know, he's, he's that, he's that mid card heel that gets the baby ready for that next level. I'm not saying that Damian Priest is going to beat the Miz and Priest is going to be knocking on the world title door, maybe, but I don't think it's going to happen that quick. But in, in, in the grand scheme of things, that, that's, that's where we're at. We're building towards Priest getting a pay per view victory against the Miz. 
and that's good. That's building a new star in Damian Priest. And oh, by the way, that's a guy coming from NXT who is getting used um, much better than the majority of his other peers who have been in the same path. That's true. Uh, Raj, now, Justin, explaining that makes me like this a little bit more than I did going going into it or coming into this show. Uh, do you like where this is going? Are you happy with Damian Priest's usage and uh, how it looks like? And again, maybe I'm crazy. Miz and Morrison might have Thunder in Paradise. You know, I think, um, yeah, it, it definitely looks like they're going for a split. Um, I'd like to see Morrison get, you know, a push on his own. I, I feel like he hasn't really, he, he's been super entertaining. I'd like to see him elevated. Uh, I, I, I am sick of Damian Priest wrestling Miz and Morrison. It, this has been going on since January. It's been a quarter of a year already. Um, and and it's not, it's one thing if you they've wrestled a couple of times during the last three or four months. But they've wrestled in some fashion almost every other week. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, I'm just done with it. I'm ready for Damien to move on to something bigger and better. I don't know if it's too soon for Sheamus because I don't want Sheamus shouldn't beat Damien Priest yet. That might be too soon for Damien Priest to beat Sheamus for the title. But, you know, someone like that where Damien Priest moves on to a bigger star, you can do the Miz Morrison stuff with anyone. You you could have Ricochet, get him back on TV, Mustafa Ali. Um, and yeah, so I think uh, it, this was just the redundancy. It just my brain kind of shuts off while watching it, even though John Morrison and Damian Priest are both, you know, really good in the ring. I mean, Morrison's spectacular. I like that you said Ricochet. That was actually in my notes. I said, why not have Ricochet versus Priest to fill in these weeks? But again, you know, Justin, you said you phrased it in a way. Now I feel like I'm like, okay, I get it. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Speaking of repetitive, though, I Shel- speak. I speak WWE creative. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I'm the I'm the WWE creative whisperer. Right. Uh, see, you actually understand it. I just blindly like it all. That's uh, that's our <laughs> that's our difference. Uh, but speaking of repetitive, we had Shelton and Cedric uh, in a match, but this time it wasn't against the usual suspects. It was against Lucha House Party. I like seeing Lucha House Party get a win. I feel like they're super talented guys, and uh, you know whether or not this goes anywhere, I think it adds a, a winning team to a tag team division that needs some tag teams. Speaking of needing tag teams, it looks like uh, the Hurt Business break. Up, broke up yet again uh and now cedric and shelton are no longer a tag team raj let's get it all out they shouldn't have broken up the hurt business here we are though how do you like the idea of a cedric shelton feud yeah i mean if you told me in february that you know shelton and uh, uh shelton and cedric would be losing to lucha house party on raw i'd be like fire creative but we, right. here we are you know hurt business yeah. is no longer together um, they they were, they were doing nothing as a tag team. So again, I've I've seen a lot of tag teams when they break up, they do something with them for like a week or two. Like, are they going to have the blow off? Are they going to have a match at Backlash, or is it going to be on Raw? Because if it's going to be on Raw, they're just blowing it off right away, and I don't see either of them really getting elevated. Um, if they add layers to the story, um, then I could you know I could see it helping the guy you know especially Cedric because Cedric could really use it mm-hmm. so but I, I just don't have faith in it but I'm gonna you know sit back and see what they do before slamming them for it, you know? yeah but um yeah I think Cedric and Shelton could have some amazing matches so uh, and Cedric he cut a really good promo there yeah, he did he sounded like he had a cold or something his his voice was a little uh, raspy but he he, yeah. he delivered a, he did a hell of a job 
Yeah, I was going to say, walking away from this, I felt like both of them sounded good uh, on the microphone. Justin, do you like seeing these guys? Again, I, let's put to the side that maybe Hurt Business should have never broken up. But if we are if we are where we are, do you like seeing those these two guys have a have a, a, a match against each other? I would if I felt that I could honestly sit here and, 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 and WWE Creative whisper that the idea of breaking up the Hurt Business, what we thought prematurely, was so that we could get to this isolated tag team that's then, that's then going to break so that we could then let Shelton have some singles matches and elevate Cedric. Unfortunately, I don't feel that's going to happen because to, to what Raj said, I feel like this is going to be a blow-off that's going to come maybe as soon as next week on Raw. Uh, and then after that, we won't see either of them with any regularity, um, it, which is a shame. And it's it's you know ironic to timing. It was 16 years ago to the day of Monday Night Raw that Shelton Benjamin had his probably his most famous match ever against Shawn Michaels with the famous springboard to super kick. Right. You know, and it just, it makes you, and the reason I bring that up is to say, you know, 16 years ago, you think so much money was left on the table with Shelton Benjamin, even you never mind in that era coming off the, the, the team angle and never mind that era. Shelton has since come back and been with WWE for many years. We forget that because he's just kind of <laughs> hidden in the second layer of shows. Mm-hmm. But, you know, especially the, this is the guy who was roommates and who Brock Lesnar, you know, attests to that this guy is on his level of toughness and raw ability, raw wrestling ability, raw shooter ability. And ever since Brock Lesnar's gone into this whole new career, pretty much post Mania 30, post the, the streak ending, and Suplex City was born four months, five months later when he destroyed John Cena in a squash on SummerSlam. Ever since Brock Lesnar's been in that mode, Shelton Benjamin, there's no reason why Shelton Benjamin couldn't have been the Jey Uso to a Brock Lesnar's Roman Reigns or or there couldn't have been a series of matches there. I mean, like, it, it just, it, it, it's, it, it's just ridiculous to me that they have not used Shelton Benjamin in a better way, given the real story and the real packaging they could tell here. Uh, but to answer your original question, it's all going to be end up being a wash in about two weeks from now with uh, Cedric and Shelton. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of worried about. Shelton, for for funsies, was my favorite wrestler back in 2005. Uh, didn't pan really? out, but uh, yeah, during I mean, my favorite at the time, not all time, but at the moment, yeah. you know, currently going, he was my my favorite. Um, but uh, to be fair, they did build to this. They were never friends in the Hurt Business. Uh, Myron Kidd says, did y'all see Mustafa Ali's promo on Ricochet? Sad thing about it, however, that was produced by him, and it's for a match on main event. His promos that they don't show on TV are amazing. I don't know why they don't use them on TV, but because yeah. Vince doesn't see them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Ali Ali did some back in the day too, and uh, you got to give credit to these guys for trying and, and trying to get their name out there. But it's just I just don't think it ever gets up high enough to where it matters, and it sucks because Ricochet has his promos have gotten way better. I I used to cringe when he used to cut a promo a couple years ago and then you know last year i just noticed a giant improvement so yeah. um criminally underused for sure 100 uh stellar justin lopez says knowing wwe this feud will take place on main event lol uh hey it'll probably be the main event of main event though so that's kind of cool right if we get for silver lining. uh stellar justin also says justin from four Oh four to ten, Shelton Benjamin is probably the best wrestler on the roster. I always look forward to watching Shelton during that era. See, that's what I was saying. I love the guy. Um, well, and especially when you think about come like oh nine, 
Taker's moved yeah. into part-time status in one match a year. Triple H has moved into that status. The Rock's gone. I mean, you're literally you were down to Orton and Cena, which every or um, uh, yeah, Orton and Cena, which everybody said, okay, we've done that and all him. You know, there was a, a certain period of time there when you're looking around. You know, yeah, they made Sheamus. Sheamus popped up, and you know, there's a few. You know, the Miz took whole. You know, the Miz elevated into the main event. But like, yeah, there's times where it's like, you know how do you not how do you not you know you have a talent like this in a sheldon benjamin how do you not utilize them more you look at how quick he moves too he's not much smaller than bobby lashley by the way when they're standing next to each other but yeah i think the the thing that always got him was the the promos and the you know the character department and 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 the stuff they were coming up with was just you know some of it was just embarrassing yeah um and the stuff with the benjamins and things like that i mean they were trying he just never found that character that could connect with his amazing in-ring work yeah yeah and i, I don't want to i don't like to go down this route but i just say it especially when we look at the contrast of now in 2021 versus let's say 2008 the overall manner in which a lot of black talent were, were booked uh just was very pigeonholed you know i mean mm-hmm. and that just that's just that's just that's just calling it like it is it did unless you were huge and jacked like uh you know, Ezekiel Jackson, he got a big push right out the gate. Lashley uh, didn't have to necessarily go through the same during his, his first run. He had issues backstage, um, which very justified on his end. But, yeah. Yeah, but yeah Ezekiel yeah. Jackson got a great – got a, a a big push, a quick one. Right. <laughs> a, kind of like a, a you know drag yeah. race kind of push because of his look. And, yeah, I mean, right. he, he couldn't hold a candle to what Sheldon Benjamin would uphold for that. Right, exactly. Right, right. Um, well, speaking of people who are good in the ring, we had Angel Garza and Drew Gulak. Uh, I like that they had a little setup before the match, and I thought the match was a great way to sort of remind everyone that Angel Garza is good in the ring as well and can actually beat people in the ring. Uh, I don't know how I felt about the very end with the rose going <laughs> in the tights. Uh, there was the this uh, adult me going, oh, we didn't need that, but then the very juvenile uh, younger me giggling at the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, Raj, did you like uh, these two getting some time on Raw? I did. I laughed at that rose spot. Because <laughs> at first I was like, he can't do this. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. not going to shove it up his butt. <laughs> you know, put it in the guy's pants and in Gulak's pants. And then he went and kicked it. I, I That's one of the first times during Raw that I've laughed out loud. Yeah. I got a chuckle. And uh, yeah. it was pretty funny. And it, it's it, it's memorable. Yeah, so I don't know if he came up with that, but it might work. You know, I, Vince loves that kind of humor, um, yeah. so I, yeah. I could see that really <laughs> turning things around for him. Yeah, middle school Jack. That would have been middle school's Jack's favorite wrestler going forward yeah. after that moment. One hundred percent. Kind uh, of the, Jack- the modern day Jake the Snake putting Damien on a wrestler, or Brutus <laughs> yeah. cutting someone's hair, and then yeah. Vince, Vince is producing the follow up next week that. Uh, Gulak is trying to pass a bowel movement, and oh, you're gonna no. get on the toilet pad, and you're it's right. just you're just bloating and cramping, and you push, and you push, and you get that rose to come out. You are 100 percent correct about that. By the way, give him one of those inflatable donuts that he's got to wear, and I could, I could, if if it, if this was 20 years ago, they would have went all the way with it. Yes, uh, but that was fun. I just like seeing him on TV. I thought that was a good good spot for them. Yeah, uh, Garza, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that always seemed like a breakout star if, if put in the right right angle. And so hopefully, hopefully this 
this is a turning point. Yeah, and then uh, real quick, going back to uh, uh, Damian Priest, Terry Allen in the chat says, Samoa Joe and Damian Priest could have been nice. Uh, I feel like Samoa Joe versus anyone works out, though, but I'm a huge Samoa Joe fan. So, uh, yeah, I'd have liked it. Well, you, you guys? Uh, go ahead, Justin. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, there's a lot of Joe versus this person. Unfortunately, it just seems like Joe, it's just the durability. Just, I, I, don't, I think a lot of us maybe just bad luck, bad timing. It just it put a uh, bad taste into, uh, I guess, Vince and those around him's mouths of, we just can't rely. We can't, re- we can't invest any, any long-term TV minutes in this guy as a talent because he, he, he got injured on a few different times when they wanted to, to, to use him, um, rightly or wrongly. But yeah, I mean, he, again, back to our conversation earlier on this episode, he's one that's going to, he's going to have some matches left and he's going to draw some money someplace. And that's going to be bad for WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, if, again, I don't know if he was ever cleared because I, I think, um, you know, last year, was it last year? Jeez, this time is like the the, the COVID year feels like three years. So yeah. I always get my time always gets a little messed up. But whenever yeah. Samoa Joe was filming that raw commercial, he got a concussion. He had one shortly before that. So he had a lot of rapid concussions in a short amount of time. So uh, or a couple of con- con- concussions in a short amount of time. So uh, he was taken off. I don't think he ever got cleared again. Now. We've seen Christian and, you know, all these edge and all these guys who thought their careers were over Daniel Bryan uh, and they ended up getting cleared. So who knows, you know, if if Samoa Joe, um, he's healthy, he's he's a he's a dumb guy to, you know, a, a dumb loss for WWE. Yeah, I would never say someone that intimidating doesn't have durability, but I get what you're saying. Uh, but uh, well, I'm not, I'm not I'm uh, Jack. I'm not, I'm not asking you to call him up right now. And, <laughs> I mean, like, like, let's relax, Jack. No. But, but I'm just saying, if I'm I'm trying to look at it from the business perspective of the guy, joking. you know, Jack's a stooge me out to some of the joke here. Right I'm going to call him. I got him on speed dial right, right now. I know you do. Jack is adding Samoa Joe right now. Samoa Joe. <laughs> Send in the clip. Uh, Slide into Joe's DM. <laughs> but Joe uh, did get injured a lot in, during his short run on the main roster. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of people with runs on the main roster, we have Elias and Riker trying to throw some tomatoes over at the New Day early on in that show, uh, but they miss and they hit Randy Orton instead. And that sets us up for RK, bro. And guys, I don't know if we're all in agreement on it. I think we should be, though. RK, bro, is maybe my favorite thing on all of WWE Raw right now. When Randy Orton said, let's do it again. I popped. I was so happy. I was so excited about it. Do you guys love RK, bro? Just we'll start with you. Do you love RK, bro? Or do you just want to get on a scooter and, and scoot on? Because it's yes or yes. Yeah, I'm here for it. Like I said last <laughs> week, it gave me Team Hell No vibes very early on. I called my shot. This, I mean, again, the, the backstage of, um, you know, uh, Riddle, you know, Orton telling him and then, you know, Riddle does the the you know the the the, the zipping in his mouth and he and then yeah. he takes the key. I mean, if you can't at least smirk at, at at the visual and like Orton, you know, Orton selling it the way he is, and 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 Riddle, if you can't even smirk at Orton taking the the hypothetical key that just zipped Riddle's mouth, if you can't smirk at that, you don't want happiness in your life. You you just go in a dark corner and watch the sad puppy commercials that come on about the the Sarah McLaughlin song that plays. Just go do that because that's that's the life that you're you're subscribed to. This was fun, 
And the the fact that Orton is allowing Riddle to have to get the pins in these and it it this and, and, and watch Orton in the Broken Skull interview with Steve Austin. Again, Orton, a guy who's done everything there is to do. That was my knock on him actually for a while, was that he accomplished so much in his twenties that like there was just nothing else for him to do, so things got kind of stale. When in reality, I think it's he got he didn't have enough dancing partners to keep up with them. But nonetheless, um, I think this is just such a great thing for the careers where they go. I don't want to say it's going to be Jericho Owens. I don't want to say it's that, but it has, but, but, but maybe it has the potential. What is it? Is it the veteran Orton that eventually punts riddle? Does riddle swerve him and, and unleash some intensity? I, I love the fact there's so much ground that we can cover over a course of time here. Yeah. I think something about Orton is it makes riddle matter. And for me, I feel like that's the difference. Now, Raj, you sent out a tweet tonight. You sent out a tweet during Raw. Hi, I want you to recap. How are you feeling about Matt Riddle right now? I hate to say it. Because uh, he, 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 usually Riddle segments just get my blood boiling and just angry and just piss me <laughs> off. But these have been great. The stuff with Orton, Orton with him has just turned it around completely. And I agree. I thought this was, yeah, I think this was the most important, uh, entertaining stuff on the show. Uh, it was hilarious, you know, the, the spot you talked about, Justin, um, you know, the, the one, yeah, so the one issue had, didn't have anything to do with Orton and, and, uh, Riddle, but it was Elias and Jackson Riker chucking tomatoes saying the rotten tomatoes. Those were like the reddest, freshest tomatoes I've ever yeah. seen. Like they look pristine. So, yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw the <laughs> tomatoes, I was like, those don't look that bad. What? what? <laughs> Catering must be insane back there. If those are the bad tomatoes, what yeah. is the what are some the good poor tomatoes? some poor production assistant got told go buy two dozen tomatoes. They didn't give them the instruction to make them look rotten. <laughs> They've had so a week to get... figure it out. Last week they were red too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, someone in our in the wrestling Inc. chat room they had suggested the idea about Riddle turning on Orton because the predictable thing with this is you know Orton ends up turning on Riddle. They have a match. Well, if you because Riddle, with this gimmick, he's only going to get so far. Do you have Riddle turn on Orton, turn heel down the road? Like, let's say, keep this going till SummerSlam. And uh, turns heel, changes up his character a little bit, kind of like how Bailey did. Not, you know, it doesn't have to be a completely different character, but, you know, changing it up to a more main event, uh, top guy type of deal. You know, a star is made, and that's all on Randy Orton. So I, I, I do like that idea. Uh, but you know what? I will say, though, that I think there needs to be a swerve. It can't be the predictable. But at the same point, Matt Riddle is really good as a babyface because of the facials. Never mind the goofy, funny stuff, but he sells so on the facials. And, you know, and, and I think they just need to exploit the reason why his character just works in general. And I've always thought, even back to NXT, which is, yeah, he's that goofy guy, but he's a goofy guy that can legit kick your ass. This isn't they're not manufacturing and trying to say he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. He he competed in the UFC. So I think maybe even the swerve is not that we're waiting for Orton to punt him or to riddle to to low blow Orton. But it's you know, they 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 travel a certain road together, they get a certain bond and, and friendship or what have you, and then like Riddle has an opportunity to do something, whether it's become a number one contender for the world title, what have you. And that's where Orton needs to kind of be like, almost like drop the I'm annoyed by you and actually be the sincere big brother and say, you went from being the dopey dude that I would never have anything to do with to being, you know, we, we, you know, we won tag titles together or if they, if they even do that. Like, give me that next intensity and go beat 
Bobby Lashley, go beat whoever is, go beat Brock Lesnar, whoever the world champion is come that time. Like, I think that, like, that's the kind of different alternatives I want to see because don't take Matt Riddle away from what his strengths are, which is Matt Riddle could be a really good babyface, both with the way he acts and the story he tells. So that, that to me is something I'd focus on. Don't just peg him of having to be a heel because we need to split the two of them at, at some point. Well, no, I, but I think that would be a good way to get that aggressive side in, like that, that, you know, the, the tough guy side in because. You know, again, the the bros and and all that it, it still only gets you so far as a character. I, I feel like that's not uh, that's not a WrestleMania main event character. That's with the with the promos and everything. Whereas he has the look, the skill, everything else that you know. I think he could be up there. Yeah, it, I it'd be uh, a mania entrance. Have him on the scooter with like some jet rockets. Right, zooming them down the, the ramp, like real birds flying. <laughs> yeah, out. Real birds, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, they're they're in California. There's just like weed, just you know, people, right. out there, forty people out there smoking joints and smokes going they, up. That could out. be the the what, <laughs> what starts the split is like Orton steals Riddle stash and <laughs> gets, gets Riddle, a wellness policy Riddle violation. Finds a stash missing. <laughs> wellness violation. <laughs> right. I like how the birds were never really explained either. It's just there's birds, and now we just accept that there's birds in his entrance. But I don't want to see them break this team up. I know we're already getting excited about how they're going to turn on each other. I want them to stay together for a while. I'm enjoying this. This felt like a perfect episode two for the this the series of RK Bro. I'm enjoying this ride. Uh so I hope they keep it going. Uh, we're going to keep things going with the show, though. By the way, for everyone who's still with us, thanks again for following and, and liking and commenting and subscribing and all that good stuff. I wanted to move on real quick to the, the U.S. title picture that we have going on right now. Uh, earlier in the night, Humberto Carrillo was in an interview with uh, Kayla Bra- Braxton, and she's a total jerk. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but she's like, Thanks for coming to the interview, Humberto. First, let's watch a video of you getting beat up. And then while she's talking to him, Seamus sneaks up behind him. She says nothing to him and doesn't warn him at all. And then he gets beat up again while she watches. She's the jerk here. She's the villain. I don't know why we let her get away with this. Uh but long story short, it, it leads to, uh, you know, down the road, obviously, uh, we get Mansoor. He signs a contract, uh, and his 50-match win streak that I saw online, he's, he's got a 50-match win streak. Almost 50 matches. 49. 50. Almost 49, okay. Then uh, it got him a, a shot at the U.S. title. Uh, I thought he did good. I thought it was a good opportunity for them to have us see that he's a tough dude that can keep on fighting. Uh, but I think the story here is that Sheamus has been bullying a lot of people and they're starting to add up the numbers and they're starting to come back to get him. Uh, let's have uh, Justin, do you do you like how this is developing, this sort of mid-card U.S. title situation? Yeah, I'm always for that because the, you know, the more, the, you know, the deeper you have your mid-card, of people actually getting if people seem like viable threats it's always better it's always a, a better situation to see okay who's going to filter you know filter up or who's going to elevate up brother so i guess you'd filter down um no this is good <laughs> this was like um this was like monsoor's like raw initiation i kind of felt like you're in there mm-hmm. with sheamus a mid-card champion sheamus is notorious for being a you know a, a physical guy i'm not going to say he's stiff but he, I think, but the way that most workers would want to classify it is if you work physical, but 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 safe is your snug, and that was apparent there. And he kind of and, and Monsoor brought it to it. I mean, Sheamus had some blood marks, and 
uh, I thought this was good for what it was. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a joke. Monsters won like 49 in a row that none of us have seen unless you watch <laughs> every minute of WWE programming. Um, and, you know, clearly something that maybe helps the relationship overseas, I guess, from what we've mm-hmm. seen. But um, I thought this was a good this was a good raw debut for Mansoor. Uh, everybody and even Humberto, everybody kind of looked everybody got over in this in some some form. Yeah, I'm enjoying. Wait, didn't it look. end with uh, Seamus laying both of them out, or my? Did I miss something? Well, Humberto comes out and he and he gets physical on Seamus, and like everybody got their shots in. Seamus ends up standing tall, but everybody got shots in. So like I felt like Seamus is the champ as the champion still stands tall, but like he got tested and he's got blood coming down. Like I feel like it was a, it was the, it was the the, the yeah. best way to get everybody over without having Seamus completely just drop a title. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually thought it, Mansoor didn't. I thought he looked a little weak with how this match was booked. Um, You know, coming in, new guy, and then just kind of ending up, not only him, but another guy as well, both of them, you know, getting their ass kicked and being laid out. Um, You know, just the the visual that one guy laying out two guys and one of the guys that's their first night in. um, You know, just whenever I see that kind of booking, I usually can kind of tell where that, where they're headed. Uh, granted, Mansoor international stuff may may, may have a, a better chance, but you know, Humberto Carrillo has he gotten his ass kicked every time, or did he get the better of Sheamus once? He he got beat he, right off the bat, quick. He does nothing for me. He he's just he, he's just he's gotten in really great shape, but he is just generic to me. Otherwise, yeah. Well, that's that's <clears throat> what I, I I personally am liking from this. Is it seems like Sheamus is bullying a lot of people. And now they're starting to sort of gang up on him. And it's almost like a, uh, uh, I don't want to call these guys zombies, but it's almost like a zombie movie where you have a bunch of them, a bunch of things coming at you all at once. And you've got to try to handle all of them all at the same time. I feel like all of his, uh, his, his, what are they? Chickens are coming home to roost is the saying. Uh, I feel like that's what we're kind of building to here. Yeah. And I'm all, you know, I don't know, but he keeps, he lays them all out. So is anyone (laughs) excited to see Seamus versus Humberto Carrillo? If backlash, yeah. if you're on the fence, they're like, well, Sheamus is going to defend against Humberto Carrillo. Well, there you go. I'm changing my mind. Um, Raj, that's WrestleMania backlash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I saved this for SummerSlam. WrestleMania, yeah. WrestleMania <laughs> SummerSlam is what we're going to call that. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do feel like that we're like yeah. within six months of them going back to Saudi. So it was like, well, we got to get Mansoor on TV that people are watching. So yeah, it might be sooner if the, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to squeeze in two events. I have a feeling they're going to try to get there as soon as possible once things open up. But um, but moving on, we had another Alexa Bliss segment and it was another promo that didn't really mean anything or have anything to do with wrestling. But uh, someone has caught Lily's eye. And I personally think it's Angel Garza because he's a Lothario, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, again, I don't really know what to make of this. Again, it was kind of just her speaking in circles. Um, again, for those speaking at home, this is another one of those parts I didn't like. Uh, but, Justin, you are the creative whisperer. Who does Lily have her eye on and where is this going? I don't know who her eye is on. I will I will be the first to say I have defended this and by extension the fiend stuff for for a long time. Raj and I go back and like I I I get into the magic stuff. I buy into it. This is becoming far too redundant. It's not going anywhere. I don't feel like there's any payoff, you know. Oh, we're not really to tell you just yet. Like I don't feel exci- like but 
having said all of that, uh, Raj kind of said this earlier, I don't know if I would rather the other Alexa Bliss. I don't know if I'd... I I think I'd still rather try flushing this uh, creepy Alexa stuff out versus what she was prior, because I'm going to be real here, and I know know Alexa Bliss fans run deep, and I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. She is talented. She is. She has a marketable look. She's pretty. But I don't feel like anything ever really ever just took off. I, I don't, whether it was again durability because there was injuries. Whether it was just not the biggest, so like bumps didn't make noise. Nothing felt like it was big. I just I feel like this at least gives her a whole lot more definition. I just want it to mean something. So I, again, I feel like this is a lot more of a I can define who this is and I, and I can try to find more interest versus her just being you know little Miss Bliss who comes out to try to challenge for the for the world title. I just I, I want this to work is what I'm getting. I want it to work. I don't know if it's going to. It's not going to. <laughs> no, no offense. I mean, we've been, we've been seeing this for a while now. You know, at some point, uh, you know, if you're watching a movie and you're an hour and 45 minutes in, it's just been sucking. and you're like, well, these last 10 minutes, it might make, you know, <laughs> make it good. Uh, it, this sh- you know, the ship has sailed. Uh, Bray Wyatt, he's gone again. He's, he's worked, what, one match and you know, the last five months, um, they clearly have no idea what they're doing with that him and the fiend. And we and don't the, know why. I mean, he, he's his his child has been born, right? Like that. It's not like, you know, I don't know. Like, it's not like they're it's not like jo- Jojo's pregnant again. We don't know. I don't, know. Know. I don't, I don't, know. Like, I don't what, think it's anything like that. You know? Yeah. I mean, what is what it, is happening? I here? mean, the original uh, the the rumor was that fiend was actually supposed to win at WrestleMania. And then they they changed up plans. Um. Yeah, I'll be honest. I like it's. I'm not against the character. Of, I don't know. I'm not against what she's doing. I just I don't see how it has to do with wrestling. It feels like the fact that she's part of the WWE is just a a coincidence because she never talks about having matches or wanting to get in the ring with anyone. I mean, she doesn't have to be so direct as to say I want a match with someone, but like, it should be leading to something that has to do with the ring. And if this was a debut of the character, I get the buildup, but. We know who she is. She's been doing this character for months. Like, what are we? What are we waiting for? Let's get the ball rolling into something. That's how I'm looking at it, at least. I I, I don't really get what this has to do with wrestling. I thought this was the worst thing on the show. It, it, yeah. Justin, you don't agree? I'm checking my notes to see if I can make an argument for something to be working. <laughs> Hang on, bear with me. Yeah. Um. All right, I guess I'll give it to him. Okay. <laughs> I well, win. Well, speaking, well, then it's a good time to transition. Lana and Naomi took on Nia Jax. This was the worst. Hey. No, this is the worst. <laughs> I vote this one. I vote this one. How was that transition? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, this to me, again, repetitive stuff. I, I feel like these, a combo of these four have been in the ring together for nine months now. Um, but we kind of end with the same place we always end. Uh, Baszler and Jax are still the champions. Lana and Naomi come up short. Any quick words on this? I don't really know if you guys have anything to get in depth with this part of the show. Nope. Nope. You, you said it. The redundancy. This is like the 6,000th time they wrestled. Lana and Naomi have never beaten them. So the, why do they keep getting uh, shots? You know? And Was this a title match or no? This wasn't, right? It was Who not cares? A, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to say they could. Uh, I 
I don't know. The Iconics should have had the titles. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they they need a, a women's tag team division. But uh, if, if you just want Nia and Shayna to get wins, just bring in developmental talent. You know, get them some. You know, kind of like you know the old the old days when you'd have the job guys and have them yeah. come in lose and you know the you get the champions getting a win on TV. Just having them beat the same pre, the same people over and over and over. Just it just feels like you're you're stuck in you know you're on a treadmill. Yeah, it's it, yeah, they're kind of spinning their tires here, but let's get to the end of the show. Let's get to Lashley versus Braun. Uh before we get the actual match, I personally love the fact that they do these little promos throughout the show to build towards the main event instead of the big 30-minute promos they were doing for a long time at the beginning of every single episode. Uh I don't know how you guys feel about the the mini promos throughout or do you prefer the big sh- promo at the beginning, Justin? How about you? No, I'll agree with you, Jack. I, I like the mini sprinkled in for a couple of reasons. One, uh, I always like it when you can kind of take a, a like, I was a big Austin guy. I love in the attitude era, the Austin story, whatever it was, wherever McMahon was chasing him or he was chasing McMahon or whatever it was, it always kept flowing through the, the two or three hours. So mm-hmm. I like that versus, as you said, taking a big bulk and bogging it down. I also like it because if you're if you're trying to hope that people are tuning in, even though viewership suggests it goes the other direction, but <laughs> if people are dropping in, you remind them, hey, this is what's going on. I, so I like the format and the concept, but I hate it in the sense of I I'm I'm so over these three, and I yeah. like all three of them as yeah I like all three of them, but this whole I'm over it. It's it's gotten stale. Give me whoever the champion's going to be, which we'll find out at WrestleMania Backlash, and then whether it's Priest, whether it's whomever. Whether it's freaking Mansoor, just give me a new set of challengers and title pictures because this is grand stale to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it, I was surprised that uh, Lashley beat Braun here, um, and I'm not in a way I liked it because I don't think uh, Lashley should be getting beat with how they built him. You don't, you know, when you've built Drago so much, you don't have Drago lose until you get to Rocky. Um, whoever you, the big baby face is going to be and you want that crowning moment. So um, I, I like that they didn't beat Lashley, but it, from a booking standpoint, Strowman was just put into this match. He's a challenger. So him losing clean, just, I don't know. It just seemed strange to me. I, I, I was expecting it to end with Drew interfering or Braun winning, which I didn't want that to happen, but I kind of, you know, I expected Drew interferes. It just ends up in a cluster, and it's a DQ or or a non-finish. So that was the only thing. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like Lashley needs to move on, and I kind of feel like Braun was put into this match so Lashley can beat Braun, and they move on without Drew getting pinned, and Lashley keeps the title, and hopefully they move on to something else. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah, I think I feel like Lashley could use sort of a, an intermediary challenger for a little bit, sort of how Roman Reigns has uh, Cesaro coming up right. for a challenger for a little bit, just to keep it fresh for a little bit. Uh, I'm a Cesaro fan. I, I don't expect Cesaro to become the world champion personally, but I think I feel like Lashley could use someone like that, whether it be a Damian. It'd be a little bit early for a Damian Priest, but I feel like a Damian Priest would be that kind of guy where you're like, eh, I don't really think he has a a great chance of winning, but at least it's new and it's fresh and it's different for a little bit. Cause I agree. I, I like everyone involved, but it seems like these guys have been going at it forever, but yeah, I mean, and then they announced what next week is going to be drew versus Lashley next week. So if, is there any chance, uh, and Raj, I'll start with you. Any chance Lashley, he won tonight, any chance he wins next week and retains at WrestleMania backlash. 
they usually don't do that. Um, usually, it's almost like they did it at Mania. Both. They, did, they did it at Mania. He he hung on and retained at Mania. After... He did, but he hadn't uh, beaten Drew before that. Well, he stood but, tall though, didn't he? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought they both. I, I thought they kind of kept him apart before Mania. Mm. Like I, they did interview segments and stuff, but they weren't really getting physical. Um, I, yeah, I can't remember how it went right before because uh, that was when ba- Bobby Lashley was dealing more with the hurt business than anything else because they were breaking up right before Mania. Yeah, they were uh, giving Drew wins over the the hurt business guys and the, the contractors, you know, Baron Corbin and stuff. But I don't think him and Lashley ever, you know, like Drew ever claimed Lashley or anything like that. So, uh, you know, if if Lashley wins next week, I would say his chances of losing the title uh, seem pretty high. And you could do it without Lashley taking the pin. Yeah. You know, you could have Drew pinning Strowman. And then, yeah. So. I love the idea that Corbin was a contractor. Contractor Corbin. Uh, <laughs> 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 right. I mean, there's uh, like no storyline why he could appear on Raw when you're on SmackDown. Um Unless they were doing the wild card thing, but if that was the case, they should have explained it. Yeah, and they don't care about their stories. Why should I? I guess because um, <laughs> yeah, you well, run a website that covers. <laughs> it. You have to know these answers, Rod. That is actually a pretty good, pretty good reason why. Uh, 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 real quick, uh, Lou Gotti uh, saying teabag and Mace probably interfere. Um, Drew McIntyre stole my teabag reference earlier in the night. Do you notice that during that promo? Yeah. Yeah, I did notice that. Yeah. I was going to say, he actually sounded like he could be on the show. He was like, I don't care who wins the main event. I don't care about Teabag or why I got rid of his uh, <laughs> stupid mask. I was like, hey, that's our, that's our, yeah. Man. <laughs> Copyright 2021. Well, that's the answer. Maybe, maybe Drew, maybe Drew or Bronx are both kind of like the baby faces here. Either one of them wins the title at WrestleMania Backlash. And then, yeah, we don't want to like sacrifice Priest just yet. Uh, so we have, the T-Bar or Mace, they're like the next challengers that just get beat in the summertime, and then we build yeah. a SummerSlam for either somebody viable like a Priest or, you know, Brock Returns or something. I don't know. Yeah, if, it's, if it's Drew McIntyre and Mace in the summer, man, those ratings are going to fall hard. <laughs> Buckle in. <laughs> no, that's some, we're in for some, you know, <laughs> Eva, Marie, times Eva Marie manages Mace and T-Bag. <laughs> Uh, I will say, though, uh, <laughs> all that said, I think uh, Lashley winning Money in the Bank would be more interesting than a lot of other people winning Money in the Bank at this point. So if he wasn't the champion in that match, I don't know. Yeah, They usually go with someone random. I mean, sometimes they don't, but usually they go with someone random. Otis. Uh, or maybe Otis will yeah, win Otis. it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll finally get to cash it in. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for us. That's the show. Um, any any final closing thoughts from you guys? Uh, Justin, go ahead. Uh, Mondays. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I, I just I just can't wait for them to get to get back in front of fans. I feel like whenever Raw, my prediction is it's going to be the night after SummerSlam. That'll be the reset when they get back to touring, and that's my prediction. Maybe it, maybe it's earlier, maybe it's later. I feel like the first couple Raws they do in front of fans. I mean, they could throw out some crazy garbage, and I'm gonna have it's gonna have a rose smell to it because I'm just gonna be so happy to have seen fans and feel like it's normalcy. 
I had a dream. S- smelling like Drew Gulak's shirt, uh, shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had a dream like a, it was like a week and a half ago that, uh, and it was it was one of those where you're you're kind of like half asleep and you're not sure you know if it's real or a dream and like so I dream of getting emails apparently. But I got I dreamt I got an email, the press release that said uh, WWE returning to go back in front of fans uh, starting in three weeks, and I'm like trying to get someone to get the story up, and and then I wake up and I'm like, did I actually get the press release and fell asleep? And then I checked my you know checked my phone and that was not the case. But I cannot wait. I'm hundred percent with you. That, defi- that defines the life of, of Raj Gear under a wrestling. Right. I've talked to independent wrestlers who have had the dream of where. They're dreaming. <laughs> their their entrance music is playing, and they still haven't got their shoe their boots tied, and that's the dream they're having of exa- anxiety. <laughs> Raj is getting the press release. And he can't press enter fast enough. Well, I can't get it to someone because, yeah, to post. It's yeah. a nightmare. <laughs> the things the things Raj goes through for everyone uh, who visits Wrestling Inc. <laughs> it's, it's it's my Jack. Pain. What's your anxiety? You're you're like you're, I know I know Jack. Jack is getting the hair nice and styled, just perfect. Oh, the, I'm a wreck before the, the show. And the countdown starts. clock is going ten, right. nine, eight. We're getting ready to go live, and Jack does not have the hair ready. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Raj is like, did you get the link? Did you get the link? Waking up and. There's no moose in the no in the moose. cabinet. <laughs> and you wake uh, up, you're like, ah, oh, thank God. That was just a dream. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of moose, thank God. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that does it for us. Thank you guys so much. Again, if you haven't hit the like button, if you haven't left a – well, you leave a comment after the show, but – Leave a five-star review, why don't you? Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, for Raj, for Justin, and for me, Jack Farmer, thanks for being a part of the show. This is the Raw After Show. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the NXT After Show as well, uh, where there's going to be a lot more fun, a lot more stuff, and you can get your comments read as always. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us.